What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Heartline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. Glad to have you here today. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side because they are the hosts, they are the ones in charge, and they are the ones at the wheel and steering this ship through these crazy chaotic waters that we call life. So welcome. And like I said, no matter how bad the storm gets, no matter how big the swells become, you know, through this storm that he's guiding us, as long as we give 100% trust in him and Jesus Christ, he will steer us into that safe harbor so that we can anchor our personal vessel and get our feet on solid, dry land and have peace. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. It is Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. And just, just a really beautiful fall day starting to get overcast and we're going to be getting rain for the next four to five days i was spending the last hour trying to drive all around trying to find mums so we can put out in our front uh, part of our house and haven't really been able to find anything worthwhile at least not without driving a fair distance and i did not want to spend most of my day or most of my day after work looking for mums so i'm just i gave up i was like i'm just gonna try again tomorrow Anyway, so today we are out of the first book of Psalms and we are going to start the book of Romans chapter one. And so um, before we get into that, I do want to kind of play a quick soundbite. Well, I say quick, it's about five minutes and it kind of preludes a little bit to what we're going to get into later on this evening for the discussion, for the His Heartline discussion. And I think I'm going to do that about 8 p.m. Um, and so... Um, so, it, yeah, it's just, again, because we're going to be talking about the one world religion, what's been going on, where evil is kind of stemmed from, where the beast system is kind of being derived from. We're going to get into that a little bit more. And so, um, but again, we are now starting the book of Romans chapter one. So before we get into that reading, let me play this, this, this clip here. Um, it really just kind of goes to show you how the Vatican and again, remember, I know I have people that listen that are Catholic. I grew up Catholic. I was raised Catholic. My wife was raised Catholic. But the more we read and research, the more we start understanding and comprehending, and as well as more questions start rising up about the Vatican and about its history. And I'm sure there's a lot of history that has been hidden from us. But let's listen to this real quick, because this is, again, it's about, it's about five minutes. It's about the one world religion. Let's just give this a quick listen before we get into the, uh, the reading of Romans uh, chapter one. 
More steps towards the One World religion have just taken place on September 14th and 15th, 2022, with Catholicism and Islam pretty much coming together and say, yeah, we worship the same God and we're brothers and sisters, just different paths to a different God. This is all falling under the umbrella of the uniting of the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, of course, but not the real Christianity. It's Catholicism that's being united under this one world religion. The big event that took place on September 14th and 15th was at the 7th Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions, and it concluded on last Thursday. But before I get into that, I'll briefly just touch on and remind people of the Abrahamic family house being built in Abu Dhabi, where there's religious, it's a religious center for Catholics, Muslims, and Jews to all come together and worship all through the Abrahamic religions there at this one thing. The reason this is important is because 2 Thessalonians 2.4 tells us that the Antichrist will demand the worship of himself and his image from everybody. And anyone who doesn't worship him, these people will die, actually. They will become martyrs because the only people who won't worship him will be true believers in Jesus Christ, which is not mentioned by Pope Francis at any of these big meetings. So let me read a little bit from this article about it. The world religion's leaders today adopted the human fraternity document signed by His Eminence, the Grand Imam of Al-Azhar and Chairman of the Muslim Council of Elders, Dr. Ahmed Al-Taib, and His Holiness, Pope Francis, their name, not mine, of the Catholic Church in Abu Dhabi in 2019. And this came during the 7th Congress of Leaders of World and Traditional Religions, which concluded on Thursday. Some highlights from the World Congress of Religions. We note that pluralism in terms of differences in skin color, gender, race, language, and culture are expressions of the wisdom of God in creation. Religious diversity is permitted by God, and therefore any coercion to a particular religion and religious doctrine is unacceptable. So, as you can tell, they're not saying here at these at these events that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the Messiah, the only way to heaven, because that would contradict Islam and Judaism. So it's it's uniting. Everybody's giving up the truth here. They're all just coming together to get along to give up the truth, which is that salvation is found through Jesus Christ alone. Back to the article it says, We recognize the importance and value of the document of human fraternity for world peace and living together between the Holy See and Al-Azhar al-Sharif. And then they mention two different documents that were resolved and signed into place by the UN General Assembly, as well as the Makkah Declaration adopted in Mecca in 2019. And these call for peace, dialogue, mutual understanding, and mutual respect among believers. So it's really the uniting of all these religions under the fact that we need to coexist together. And yes, of course, we need to coexist together. But the problem here is that they're starting to aim it towards we serve the same God. We worship the same God. You know, these Abrahamic religions are just different expressions of God to different people. And that's an absolute lie. The Jewish people are stuck in the old covenant, not accepting the new covenant. Islam is clearly, the Quran was written 600 years after the Bible, and they're clearly ripped off stories Muhammad ripped off and manipulated to create his own religion in the same region from the same stories. I mean, Muhammad even demanded that the original manuscripts for the Quran be destroyed. Why would he demand that? Because to cover it up, obviously. So the one truth is found within the biblical text alone, 
within the old and the new covenant mixed together, the new covenant salvation through Jesus Christ alone. So really it was this document of human fraternity. It was signed by the Pope and this grand Imam and adopted at the seventh Congress of leaders of the world in traditional religions in Kazakhstan. It's the uniting of the world under a one world religion that the Antichrist will be the head of eventually. A glimpse of the seventh Congress of leaders of world and traditional religion. Here's from Vatican News and I was reading through this article and noticed something interesting that Congress, the seventh Congress of leaders of world and traditional religion came to life in 2003 in the wake of the tragic September 11th attacks of the United States and following Pope John Paul II's second spirit of Assisi meeting in 2002. So here's just another thing that came out of the September 11th attacks. Pretty interesting to note that. Worth noting about this interfaith meeting is that it took place within a pyramid. Kind of strange that that's their building of choice. Also, Pope Francis said that his goal for this meeting was peace and unity, of course. Very similar to what we know in 1 Thessalonians 5.3, Peace and security is what they'll be saying, and then sudden destruction comes on them like labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. And that's the whole point, really, of this whole meeting, really, and this whole uniting of these religions together. Not that we shouldn't get along, and not that we should be out killing each other or something. More steps towards the one world religion have just taken place on September 14th and 15th, 2020. Yeah, so anyway, so um, to all that, I say nay, uh-uh. Um, and, and yeah, Rita just, she put up here on the chat board saying, just as the Bible said, one world religion, the remnant won't be deceived, but many sadly will. Absolutely. You know, like it says, um, oh, weird. I just had it up on my window. You know, it's saying that this false religion will dominate all the peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues of the earth. Revelation seventeen fifteen, meaning that it will have a universal authority and no doubt given by the Antichrist who rules the world at that time. And I tell you what, that's what, like I said, I, I play all that to say, to, to, to kind of prelude into what we're going to get into later on uh, this evening when I get on the air about, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to do the His Hardline discussion right around like 745. So um, that's when I probably plan on doing that. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to play that. It's just, it's very interesting. The sequence of events that are taking place right before our eyes. I try not to be a revelationist, but at the same time, it's kind of really hard to kind of look at the obvious signs and granted, even though, and I'm not trying to preface prophecy here because I, that's not what I do. Um, because again, like it says in the Bible, no man no really knows the time or the hour, right. Of when the return of, you know, when, when, when that day comes, right. No, not even the angels in heaven. And so, um, but it's just really peculiar because you you see all these things and all these signs taking place. And it's just it's kind of hard to really ignore if you have your eyes open and your ears, you know, uh, cleaned out and you can hear properly. Um, it's I tell you, it's um, it's very interesting to, to, to say the least. So anyway, but let's get into the, the reading of Romans chapter one. All right, and we are going to be reading out of the New American Standard Bible. I was going to read out of the New American Bible Revised Edition, but I don't know what happened. I think my notes got messed up, so I'm just going to divert back to the New American Standard Bible, which most people typically read. The reason I like the New American Bible Revised Edition is because um, it is kind of based off of the Hebrews um version of the Bible, uh, where it has the seven additional books, the seven apocryphal 
uh, apocrypha books that aren't in the you know typical uh, Protestant Bibles, you know, in the NIV or the NASB or anything like that. I like all seventy three books. It's pretty cool because um you know I just I don't know I'm weird like that. So Romans chapter one and it reads. Paul, a bondservant of Christ Jesus, called as an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was born of a descendant of David according to the flesh, who was declared the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles in behalf of his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are beloved of God in Rome, called as saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, because your faith is being proclaimed throughout the world for God, whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you, always in my prayers requesting if perhaps now at last by the will of God I will succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you so that I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you while among you, each of us by the other's faith, both yours and mine. <clears throat> Excuse me. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that often I have planned to come to you and have been prevented so far, so that I may obtain some fruit among you also just as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to the uncultured, both to the wise and to the foolish. So for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written, but the righteous one will live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world is invisible, attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived, being understood by what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or gave thanks, but they became futile in their reasonings, and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And they exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible mankind, of birds, four-footed animals, and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them up to vile impurity in the lust of their hearts, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for falsehood, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged natural relations for that which is contrary to nature, and likewise the men 
to abandon natural relations with women and burned in their desire toward one another. Males with males committing shameful acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their era. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a depraved mind to do those things that are not proper, people having been filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, and evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unfeeling, and unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they do not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. That last line really irritates me. But they also approve those who practice them. Let me tell you something. I'm not trying to be judgy here, and I'm not trying to be um, any certain kind of way. I'm not trying to be, uh, what do you want to call it, bigoted, I guess, is what certain groups of people like to call it. But, you know, we we have we have a... We have a piano player who's really good, by the way. Um, I'm not going to mention his name. And yes, he is homosexual in the Catholic Church. And I have a, you know, and I'm not saying that anybody who is gay or lesbian or whatever, transgender, shouldn't come to the church. I, I, absolutely they should. However, the fact that, I don't know, see, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really at a loss here because you have, you have people, and I'm not trying to skate around this to try to not offend anybody. I'm just trying to find the right words just because my brain's not working on all, you know, full cylinders today. You know, for the longest time, the Catholic faith, and, and obviously it says in the Bible, like we just read right there, right? Like we, we. You can't have men falling for unnatural relations with other men and, and women likewise. Um, it just it's it's it goes against God's perfect design. But yet we have people and not just piano players, but I'm sure other churches too, where you have gay pastors, you have pedophile pastors. I know Scott on Bards FM has talked about this, and there is no checks and balances. There's no system in place that if one pastor or priest gets fired from one parish or a church, there is no system that puts them in a database to let them know, hey, they are kid diddlers and they cannot pastor anywhere else. Well, again, it's no different, you know, and I don't want to say it's no different. It's just if you're going to be a follower of God, why not? try to turn away from your sin of of homosexuality or or trying to you know convert yourself or other people into a chance you know genderism it just it just doesn't work and you know as we just read here in the first chapter of Romans it's very very evident God gave them up to vile impurity in the lust of their heart, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, for they exchanged the truth of God for falsehood. So it's like, okay, if, if you're going to lead that type of lifestyle, now you're 
basically, in other words, like it says there in verse 24, you're exchanging the truth of God for falsehood. And you worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. And as it says in verse 26, for this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions for their, you know, like I said, for women exchange natural relations for the contrary of nature and likewise men too. They abandoned natural relations with women and burned in their de desire toward one another. Committing shameful acts and receiving in their own persons due penalty of their error. There's a big problem with that. It's a big contradiction. Boy, I tell you, you, you guys would actually, if I, if I had it right here in front of me, oh, I would so read it right now. You know what? Tomorrow. I'll find it tomorrow, and I'll read it on the air tomorrow. I believe it's in Deuteronomy. I think it's in Deuteronomy. I can't remember. Um, anyway, I, I'm going to save that one as a, as a little surprise for tomorrow. But, you know, there's some things that, i tell you what, I read a certain verse out of the Old Testament to my mother-in-law one time and father-in-law. And I asked him, I said, have you ever heard this ever preached at the pulpit, at, at, the, at the altar from, you know, Father, you know, so-and-so? And I read it, and they're like, oh, no. I'm like, yeah. Why do you think that is? I don't know, maybe because they're a 501c3, number one, so there's certain things that they can and can't talk about, they can and can't preach about. They're bound by the U.S. corporate government. Anyway, I don't know what point I was really getting at. I guess my point is, like I said, back to the piano player. He is gay. He's a good piano player. But at the same time, it's like, if you're really going to try to live a spiritual life and follow in, in, in the ways of God and Jesus Christ, don't you think you'd probably want to try to give up that lifestyle? Okay, if you don't want to you know, be with women, that's oh, whatever. That's one thing. But I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm really caught between a rock and a hard spot in that with my own opinion. And again, maybe I'm bigoted. I don't know. But I also go based off the Bible. Sorry. I, I just, <laughs> I, I go off the Bible. And I just, I don't subscribe to any of that. I just don't. And so I guess what's Roman chapter one really mean? So really Paul's letter to the Christians in Rome is a thorough and clear you know, presentation of the gospel or the good news about salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And so Paul identifies himself as both a servant of Jesus and an apostle representing Christ's authority and message to others. Now, Paul interrupts his own greeting to jump into an explanation of the gospel. And it is his Christ-given mission in life to tell everyone that he can, that Jesus is the Son of God as well as the direct descendant of King David. And in short, that he is the Messiah who was raised from the dead. Now, Paul reveals to the Roman Christians how urgently he wants to travel to Rome to see them. In fact, he prays continually that it will be God's will for him to come. And he wants to give them a spiritual gift and for their to be mutual encouragement in the faith. Now also, since Paul's mission in life is to preach the gospel to all those, you know, to all people groups, he is eager to come and preach in the multicultural metropolis of Rome. Now Paul reveals the key purpose of his letter 
by declaring that he is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and that he insists that it is God's power for salvation for everyone who believes, including both Jews and Gentiles. And the only way to be made righteous by God, to be welcomed in his family, it was starts and ends with faith. And that's referenced in Romans 1, verses 16 through 17. Those two verses there. And so Paul then launches into an explanation of why God is right to condemn humanity in the first place. So, you know, why do we need salvation? Like, what do we need to be saved from? And so Paul described the downward progression for unrighteous humanity, and this includes all of us by our very nature. And it begins with refusing to see in creation what God has made knowable about himself by what he has made. And so sinful humans, they don't want to see, they don't want others to recognize God's eternal power or divine nature from what he has made. And so having rejected God as the creator, we also refuse to give thanks to him as our provider. And so we congratulate ourselves for our wisdom in seeing the world without God in it and instead become fools, unable to understand the basic truths of the universe because we have eliminated the possibility that God is the one and only true source of it all. And our hearts became and still becoming darker and darker. I mean, does this start? I mean, does this sound familiar with what we're seeing right now? Sure seems very familiar to me. And so next we begin to worship what God has made instead of him. And we, we create lesser versions of his creation and water it down and worship them, further alienating and insulting him. I think this is one of the reasons why we have so many different religions, to be quite honest with you. And so in response, God expresses his wrath on humanity in a surprising way. He is said to give us over to the unchecked expression of our sinful desires. And so Paul first mentions our full indulgence at God's quote-unquote giving over of our sexual desires with and against each other, dishonoring the bodies that he had made perfect for us and given to us. And so next he gives us over to the indulgences of sexual desire in homosexual relationships as women and men became consumed with passion for people of their own gender. And so finally, you know, since we continue to refuse to acknowledge God, he gave us up to a debased mind, resulting in our indulgence in every kind of sin imaginable. And so Paul conclude, concluded the chapter with a list of sins, sins, and few people are likely guilty of all of these sins, but all of us, though, are guilty of some of them. Yes, me included, I'm sure. I have to go back and reread that list. But we are all slaves to our own sin and in need of salvation from the wrath of God in judgment against us. And see, that's why I also him and haw about the whole thing about having, you know, anyone that is of gay origin in the church, because again, their sin is no different than my sin. Just because they desire people of the opposite flesh doesn't mean that their sin is greater than the sin that I did as being a promiscuous man whore back in my DJing days. You know what I mean? I mean, if I'm going to be completely honest, 
But the whole key, I think, in my opinion, to the whole salvation, right, is making yourself right by asking God to rebuild yourself, right? Rebuild yourself from the inside out. Because God and Jesus Christ, I mean, they are the, you know, they're the ultimate architect. They're the ultimate contractors. They know the plans inside and out. They don't even need the blueprints. They have them memorized. And yes, it's like Lizanella said here in the chat, in the chat here, a sin is a sin is a sin. Yes. No one sin is greater or lesser than the other. Sin is sin. But again, I will always go back to what is your intent? What is your, what are you trying to lead yourself towards in your heart? I mean, really, what are you trying to do? Like me, I knew being a promiscuous man whore was not the way that I needed to live life, which I, I started realizing I need to become a big boy and I need to find a good woman, hopefully, that will, you know, not see my checkered past for what it was and run the opposite direction and hopefully say I do to me. You know? And so, we all have sin on our heart. Why? Because we've been, you know, we were born into a fallen world. And it all stemmed back too, if you want to think about it, all the way back into the Garden of Eden. But yeah, we absolutely need to repent. We need to know, like Destry was saying, we need to know the sin or sins to avoid, and we need to reflect on it so we can hopefully avoid it next time and repent of our sins. We need to repent and and do our best to be the best version of ourselves and not not commit those sins again. Now, does it say that you're going to be perfect and you're never going to commit that sin again? No. But you got to make a good solid effort. I mean, a good truly 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 solid effort in doing your best. And avoiding it. And yeah, like Angel Lies was just saying, we are saved by grace. Absolutely. If you're truly, and again, this is Jason Jones speaking. If you're truly making a conscious effort to live the righteous, most righteous life that you can, that you know how to. I don't know. It's a very, very slippery slope. If we're going to be completely honest with each other, it's a very slippery slope. It really is. But at the end of the day, we are all sinners. And I'm not going to beat that. I'm not going to beat that fact up. I mean, God knows it and we all know it. There's no need to keep repeating it audibly. But what is important is that we become, we try to do our best to become the best version of ourselves than we were five minutes ago. So anyway, I like that what Destry just said. The honor and grace comes from the will to do good and attempts to avoid sin. Yeah, that's pretty much 
in a nutshell. It's perfectly said right there. I couldn't even, I couldn't have worded it better myself. So anyways, we are going to end this in prayer. And like I said, that video I was playing earlier kind of preludes to what we're going to talk about later about, well, I like to, I, I'm going to coin this term. I'm going to call it, um, oh man, now it's, it's fleeting me. Boy, I tell you, I said, like I said, my, my brain is not operating on all full cylinders here. Um, so anyways, but let's, let's get into prayer. And like I said, later on about 745 is when I'm going to do the, his hardline discussion. We're going to talk about the Vatican and how, you know, the satanic evil origins have stemmed from that. And just, we're going to get into that. So, um, hopefully my brain is working a little bit better then. Anyway, heavenly father, thank you very much for this day and another day of life and good health, not just for ourselves, but for our families, for this community here that comes every day, either live or listen to the, you know, replay later on. And we just want to say thank you for all the many blessings that you bring to us on a daily basis. You know, the gift of hard work, the gift of food and water, and, you know, the ability to, you know, work so we can earn a living and pay for a roof over our head that keeps us comfortable and safe from outside the outside elements. Father, we just we want to say we are very humbly and remorsefully sorry for our sins. We come to you and we ask that you amend our life because we not only dread the pains of hell, but the biggest reason we come to you, God, is because we, well, quite honestly, we don't want to offend you. That's the biggest thing. We do not want to offend you. And so we come to you and we, 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 you know, we, we just say sorry and please, you know, give us your forgiveness and grace. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the self, you know, the sacrifice that he made for us with his own blood. Don't know how he could have done that considering the nature of how people are. That was, it takes a perfect man and that's exactly what he was. So we pray all of this in his holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And that is all we have for today. As far as the 1% with him, we will be back here a little bit later on. Like I said, quarter to eight, um, we'll do a his hardline discussion. And um, till then or tomorrow, if you decide to come back tomorrow and you're not here later on, we'll see you later. I hope you all have a blessed day or night, wherever you're at in the world, whether if you're in Alaska, or you're Florida, or you're in Germany or Denmark or Australia, we got people everywhere. And I tell you, I want to say thank you for sharing the show, guys. You guys are really awesome. I really appreciate it. The numbers are going up. And uh, I will say, too, the numbers were getting suppressed. I don't know how much of this I can really share. I'm going to be very vague. But, you know, the show obviously got attacked um, twice. Some of you kind of were here to see it and witness it. And our numbers were definitely getting severely hindered and suppressed. And then a certain friend who is very skilled in a certain area in the cybersecurity and computer world, we'll just say, to keep it vague, did some interesting things to some bad people. And now all of a sudden, you know, uh, the suppression is kind of tamped down, not just for this podcast, believe it or not, but also uh, for, you know, the assembly uh, websites and stuff like that, email communication, stuff like that. And all of a sudden, you know, numbers are going up. Uh, we almost had 600 downloads yesterday when the average is typically between 180 and 210. And then yesterday it was 600. I was like, what? or almost 600. I was like, whoa. So anyway, 
All right. That's all we got for you today. We'll be back here a little bit later in a few hours. All right. Bye-bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. out our website www.hishardline.com for all the latest updates.